Hey there, on this 9-18-2022, it's EDB, that's Eric Deshaun Barrett, and I believe you're connected to this because you're ready for our Sunday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. Yay! Good morning! How are you on this morning? Well, well, I'm I'm glad you're well and you're sleepy. Uh. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I was telling Mama Bell, I said, Two or three weeks ago, if the house said 75 degrees, you were smoking. You were sweating. Now it says 75 degrees and you're freezing. Same 75 degrees. Same 75 degrees, but it feels a whole lot different. Different. I, I would like to solicit your prayers and your considerations to make sure that you're getting everybody you can. It is important to get everybody you can to our uh, Civics Day on Wednesday. I, I, I can't stress the importance of that enough that we all get there. I don't care what part of the city you're in, whether you're in, some folk would say, well, I'm not in Ward 4. It doesn't matter. I, I, don't, I don't go near that church. It don't matter. Please get over there. And in uh, over near uh, Mama Bell, and I say this because it's important, because of the senses, the lines have been redrawn. And so Mama Bell and my mother, who are probably three or four blocks from each other, but now they're in different wards. They're in different Senate districts. I'm talking about state Senate districts, different House districts in the state. And so when the funds are allocated and the situations or the, how they operate the government, I don't have time to explain that in this setting. That's why we need you to come on Wednesday. Uh, because over there they're having a, a civic crisis where they're trying to keep their civic league together. You can't. That's like uh, uh, you got seventh graders and fifth graders, and you want to keep them all in the same class. No, one is in another class, and another's in another. And and so without understanding the basics of why the ward system is the way that it is, and why that ward system should be protected as well as Senate districts, state districts, and all those other things. Uh, we need that information, and, and I am learning now that most people do not have it. So please make sure they're there. They come here about the My Norfolk app. Uh, I, I need you to do that. I can't stress that enough. I know you think you're old and you're retired and you're supposed to just sit at the house and do nothing. Uh, but you're going to do that, and you're going to find out that they're going to sweep you right into that river doing nothing. So we need to stay alert as long as you're breathing. You need to know what they're doing to you. And so please make sure everybody is there. 
I'm going to ask you to pray for some people this morning that you're going to go and talk to. I know you say some folk got friends over, they got visitors over, they got family. I get that. I get that. Bring the family. This is important business. We need to know what they're doing to us. I can't. I cannot stress enough. It is very, very important that you know what your city is doing to you. I pray for you to know that. Come out of these churches. They're making the laws at 12, 30, 1 o'clock. We in there shouting holler. We close these churches down and go out here to these civic meetings and see what they're doing to us. So please, 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 I beg you on bending knee with sugar on top and ice cream sundaes to show up on Wednesday, 10 o'clock at Freemason Street Baptist Church. Uh, they're going to accept you in. I know some of you feel like they don't like you over there. That's all right. Put that aside. They're going to accept you in. And we're going to... Uh, uh, learn about what they're doing to us so pray for those people get your pen and paper and write down everybody right now that you know that you need to call and ask uh, i can listen some names annie gordon i'm giving grandma some tips you can call and and uh uh uh, uh mama mama helen that that that's miss mildred i'm just telling you who to call and Sister uh, G, I don't know if she's here yet. She might be here a little bit later. Uh, she needs to be on here. She needs to come. Brother Dennis, bring you, the wife and the cousins and the uncles. Bring all the people over there from your neighborhood just sitting there. We need to know. Tell them they need to come to Freemason Street. Wednesday at 10 o'clock. If they're, not, if they're at work, then find the people at home and bring them and then tell them to go back and tell the folk at work. You're laughing at me, but I'm dead serious. Go down to the cemetery and dig up some folk and bring them. I don't care how you get them there. Bring the drunks off the street. Get somebody with a mouth that can talk and comprehend and make sure they're in that place on Wednesday, February 20th. Excuse me. At Freemason Street. September 21. At 10 o'clock a.m., I think about February because it's Black History Month. We come to celebrate liberation. So make sure they're there. All right. That said, we will be here Wednesday morning, bright and early. And for those who uh, can't come, we'll give you a little bit of something we're going to do there on Wednesday. So uh, if they, if they got to go to work, tell them to call in on Wednesday morning. At 6.30, and we will see what we can do there at that time. Mama Bell, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, good morning. Mm-hmm, uh-huh. I believe you have something to play for us, and uh, and then uh, Brother Dennis is going to, to speak to us, and and uh, our goal is to get out of church by 7.45. Okay. I'm going to be the first partake of it. I'm, I'm going on a campaign. On a campaign to shut these churches down and let's get out here and figure out what's going on in our community. Come praise God and go home. Okay. So we're going to pray, play, pray, say, and then we're going to get out of here. Mama Bell, Brother Dennis, then we're going to pray and then we're going to see what the Lord got to say and then we're going to go out here and see what's going on in these streets.
okay? Good morning to everyone else. You know, good morning. Uh, you can tell the time and seasons are changing because if uh, you're up and you got your uh, curtains open, blinds open, whatever, it's still not daylight, but that's okay. It's coming. We know that. That's uh, that's uh, that's a given, right? Okay. Uh, you know, I was. Uh, <laughs> I was going crazy this morning. My computer wasn't anyway. We won't we won't go there. It's a it's a dentist thing, not a computer thing. Because the computers are never wrong, right? It's always the person that uses them. Uh, this time of year for my family, it's, it's kind of wild and crazy. Uh, six weeks we have uh, we have a lot of remembrances and uh, things to celebrate you know, birthdays and anniversaries. So, you know, uh, birthdays are pretty cool. You know, I have a couple grandkids that live uh, not too far from us. And, uh, uh, you know, when one has a birthday, the other one wants to celebrate too, right? And I have your birthday, you know. I know uh, Brother Eric, he tries to have three birthdays a year, so he gets, uh, you know, presents, extra presents. And, uh, you know, when you're little, you try to do that too. You know, you ever watch the kids how they uh, they go to a birthday party? Everybody wants to open what the presents for the birthday person. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of cool. It's uh, you know sometimes it could be hectic, but it's also cute. Um, you know, uh, and when you get old, you know you have to have somebody open your present because you can't. You're not strong enough to uh, what <laughs> take the ribbon off or or open take the tape off or whatever it might be, or even open the box. Nowadays, they got those uh, plastic shrink wraps on them. You know, you got to have a uh, you know a machete to get into them. They're so hard to open. And if you open them too fast or too wrong, you know, whatever's inside goes uh, all over the floor or, or you damage it, then you're in trouble, right? So anyway, presents are fun. 
and uh, in a few months we'll have a big time of presence and celebration of uh, the birth of our Lord and Savior. Uh, but I ramble. So, you know, I always look forward to gifts. You know, people say, what do you want? What do you want for your birthday? What do you want for Christmas? You know, and uh, there's one gift that uh, everybody needs, and that's the gift of, that our Lord and Savior has to offer, right? And that's the gift of, of uh, something that we don't, guess what? We don't have to have a birthday to get it, do we? We don't have to have an anniversary to get it. We don't have to have a special remembrance to get it, right? It's there and it always will be there. And, uh, and in Ephesians 8, uh, excuse me, Ephesians uh, 2, uh, verse 8 says, uh, For this, by grace, you have been saved. Right? <clears throat> through faith, you have been saved by grace and through faith. And this is from our, you know, from the Lord and Savior, from the God. You know, it's a free gift from God, you know, and that's pretty much, you know, what it is, a free gift. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to have a birthday to get it. It's there, and it's by grace, you know. It's free. All we have to do is what? Ask God. God, help us. Give us the strength I need. we need. You know, we're having things coming up uh, on Wednesday. You know, it's about a, a, a day of um, information. But what do you do with that information, Right. Hopefully you take that and you use it and you pass it on to your friends and relatives and let them know what's going on in, in our great metropolis of, of uh, Norfolk, Virginia. You know, and it's even uh, important that um, maybe you could use that information in other cities and surrounding states. You know, it's all, you know, you can never be too informed. And that's why we have the Bible. We can use that because you could be never what? too informed about what the Bible says. You know, God gives us, you know, salvation through grace. He gives us salvation through love. You know, he, he gives us to it because he loves us and he always will, you know. So whatever, you know, and we should pass that on, you know. Pass that on. You are loved. You are loved by God. You are loved by friends and relatives and neighbors. And, you know, the gift of love is, is something that you can, uh, you know, uh, duplicate over and over again, you know, just like God, you know, as a salvation by grace. His grace is sufficient. His love for us is sufficient. You know, the love of God is something that, you know, I can't, you know, I, sometimes I have a hard time comprehending how much God does love us. Think about it. You know, do you deserve the love that God gives to you? Uh, yeah, that's a good question, huh? So we should spend time like talking to God and, and just, you know, celebrating who he is and celebrating his son. So if we celebrate a birthday, we should also celebrate God. We should celebrate Jesus. You know, that gift that you open up is not, not nearly as great as the gift that God gives us, the gift of eternal life. Think about that. Because that gift that you open, it will be gone. You know, whatever. If it's a, you know, a box of candy, it'll be gone. You know, if it's a beautiful hammer that you could use over and over again, guess what? It'll be gone. But the gift of salvation will always be there. All you have to do is ask, because God provides for us. So think about that. 
you know, what gift do you want to share with your friends? What gift do you want to share with your relatives? You know, you can buy the biggest diamond in the world, but it doesn't compare to what the gift of grace and the gift of love that God has for us, eternal life. Amen and amen. God bless. Most gracious God, our Father, we honor you this morning. We just give you praise and glory for that life that our dear brother was just sharing us about, that great life in you that you provided for us through Calvary, the finished work of the cross, and we thank you for that. And we come before you, Lord God, saying that there is anything in our lives, Lord, that is, that is not pleasing with you and some things that we might have done aware and unaware, God. We ask you for forgiveness, Lord, right now, in Jesus' name. We pray, Lord God, that you will just look over us now as we come before you as your servants, as your kingdom citizens, as your ambassadors, as as your children, Lord, we come and we stand forgive us if we want anything that will come a hindrance to what you want to say and do through us in our lives. Father, we thank you for life. We thank you for health. We thank you for strength. We thank you, Lord God, for in you we live, we move, and we have our being. Father, as we come this morning, we come. And we join our faith together. We stand in the gap for those who need you. Lord God, we don't have to go far to see the needs of the people and the people that are crying out for you, Lord. We don't have to go next door. We can look in our homes and say that we need you. We need you now. Father, we just pray that you would just continue to open up the windows of heaven and pour your blessings upon your people. You've been a faithful God. You have supplied all our needs according to your riches and glory. We thank you for that. And as we come this morning, we come with grateful hearts. We come even though it might be a little pain in our bodies, might be a little discomfort somewhere, but we thank you anyway. We thank you for life because you're a sovereign God. You do what you want to do when you want to do it and how you want to do it. One word of you, Lord God, would change the course of this world and angels will be dispatched that every situation that we're in, Lord God, will be settled and taken care of for your glory. And Father, we come, Lord God, we lift up our family members to you. We lift up our uh, neighbors to you, Lord God, even our frenemies. We pray, Lord God, that you will continue to move by your power. Lord God, continue to be exalted. And everyone that needs you, Lord God, I pray, God, that they will find you in some way or form or fashion. I pray, God, that they will look unto you as the author and the finisher of their, your faith, of their faith. And, Father, as we come this morning, we pray for our neighbors. We pray for the people next door across the town. Father, we just pray, God, that your glory and your will will be done in the earth. God, there are so many things that's going on and on around in our communities and we pray Lord God that the settlement of your peace will be upon them we pray for the minds and the hearts of people everywhere that they would turn and look to you oh father we just pray in Jesus name we thank you for what you're doing as it relates to COVID and Lord God and we thank you Lord God for turning it around Lord. 
Father, we just pray that you will keep it, still keep it at bay, Lord God, and those who have contacted it. And Father, we pray that they will have no side effects. Pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name, they will be able to live longer, normal, happy lives in Jesus' name. And, Father, we just pray, Lord God, for those who are dealing with cancers and those who are dealing with high blood, those who are dealing with sugar diabetes, some kind of lung disease, Lord God, something going on in their flesh, Lord. We just pray, Lord God, that you will just continue to move and work a miracle in their lives. There's many other sicknesses and diseases that I did mention this morning, but all of them, Lord God, is covered by you. It was covered by you, Lord God, when you declared all power was in your hand. And we thank you, Lord God, for the abilities that you have given us as your kingdom citizens to pray, as you instructed us to pray ye for one another. And as we come now, as we pray for one another, we pray, Lord God, that your will will be done on earth, Lord. We pray, Lord God, for our, our leaders in the earth, those who are our spiritual leaders, and we pray for them, Lord God, our pastors. And we pray, Lord God, for our civil leaders, those who are in our government systems that are governing our cities, our states, even this nation, Lord. We pray, God, that you will just look over them and continue to give them what they need, Lord God, to be great and awesome leaders before you, hearing from you and doing your will, that your will will be done in the earth among and in the lives of people. We thank you for raising up people that have integrity and have, Lord God, good reputation as it relates to you. We thank you, Lord God, for allowing them to rise up and be leaders in Jesus. And we pray for more. We pray for more that we have the heart. Lord, bless our pastor. Bless and continue to know Eric, Lord God, for your glory. We pray your protection upon them. We pray, God, your leading. God, that you will forever speak with them, that you will never leave them alone. And we will forever give your name the praise and glory. It all belongs to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, as we come into this part of the service, there might be something that you want to talk to the Lord about yourself that we know that we can cover everything. But there might be something on your heart. Let's go to the Lord now in prayer. Let's take a moment and pray. something about your name. King and kingdoms, they will soon fade away. But there is still something about your name. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for you answering us and hearing us in Jesus' name. Amen. Before Pastor come, um, We'd like to remind you on next week a great elevation for him, and as he will be um, credentialized to do what he's been doing, and and I pray that uh, those of you that can that will join him and and witness this great occasion. So that's next Sunday, uh, the licensing of our dear pastor, Pastor Eric. 
I'm pretty sure he has more details. If you want more information about that, uh, I'm pretty sure your hearts will be blessed. Amen. God bless you. You all have a blessed day. I stay hurt. Judges, uh, chapter 7. I'm going to skip while Mama Bell is getting in place. Judges, chapter 7, verse 2 through 4, 6 through 8. Then I'm going to read through half of 11. Judges chapter 7, verse 2. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many troops for me to hand the Midianites over to them, or else Israel might elevate themselves over me and say, I saved myself. Now announce to the troops, Whoever is fearful and trembling may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 20,000 of the troops turned back. Verse 4, then the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many troops. Take them down to the water and I will test them for you. If I say to you, this one can go with you, then he can go. But if I say about anyone, this one cannot go with you, he cannot go. Verse 6, the number of those who lapped with their hands to their mouths were 300 men. And all the rest of the troops knelt to drink water. The Lord said to Gideon, I will deliver you with the 300 men who lapped and hand the Midianites over to you. But everyone else is to go home. I'm going to read 6 and 9. The number of those who lapped with their hands to their mouths was 300 men. And all the rest of the troops knelt to drink water. Lord said to Gideon, I will deliver you with the 300 men who lapped and hand the Midianites over to you, but everyone else is to go home. Verse 9, that night the Lord said to him, get up and attack the camp for I have handed it over to you. But if you are afraid, to attack the camp, go down with Purha, your servant. Listen to what they say, and then you will be encouraged to attack the camp. Verse 15, I forgot to add that in our reading. When Gideon heard the account of the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship. He returned to Israel's camp and said, Get up, for the Lord has handed the Midianites' camp over to you. I want to 
much talk during with our time together this morning from the subject, why can't you believe God? Why can't we believe God? Lovely uh, granny hipped me to this story. Uh, we were talking some time ago about various situations, and this number 20,000 came up 20,000, 20,000. Let go the 20,000. Sometimes in our world we have this tendency to believe that we have to get everybody. We have to have all the members. There was one particular house of faith here in the city who believes that their mission statement, their goal, their purpose, is to ensure that every person in Hampton Roads, Virginia, hears Jesus through their church. Some 1.5 million people, and they're on mission to make sure that everybody hears them. That's a very daunting task, but it's also very frustrating because they can't figure out how to have worship. They can't figure out their structure. They can't figure out uh, what the style should be. Should we have red carpet? Should we have purple carpet? Should we wear suits and ties? Should we wear robes? Should the choir march down the aisle? Should they sit in the band and we just have six singers? We can't figure that out because when you're trying to reach everybody, you find yourself compromising everything. And so this 20,000 people in this text was very fascinating to me. But the second part that was fascinating to me was 
why the 20,000 had to go home. Because the mindset was that if I let you have a high bankroll, if I let you have the most state-of-the-art weapons, if I let you have the General MacArthur's and the Dwight Eisenhower's, the Patton's and the George Washington's, then you can say that you have defeated your enemies. You can say most of us who are people, or should I say connected to uh, the military, persons insane, most of us who are familiar with the American culture, you will know that we have this pride around here, this pride that affords us or gives us the calling card to say that we are the world's most fierce on the battlefield. We are a country that uh, has a high win rate. We have defeated and conquered and brought to their knees many of the world's greatest foes. Even to our own mother and father, mother and father England, in the year of 1776 when we brought them to their knees and sent them back across the pond. We're proud to say what we have accomplished as Americans. We put a man on the moon. We uh, created the automobile. We created the airplane. We uh, made sure that skyscrapers could stay in the air. We of the first to deal in heavy technology. We are very proud of the things that we have accomplished. But isn't it funny to me that for a seemingly, or should I say an arguable, God-fearing nation, there's not a lot of credit given to the architect of these ideas. The scripture tells me that all perfect and uh, good and perfect gifts come from God. Any gift that is good and perfect, good, meaning that it is bringing ha- uh, uh, blessings to our society, it is advancing our society, it is making our society better. That's a good and perfect gift. Most of us look down on doctors and lawyers and all these other individuals. And to some degree, they are crooks, yes, but they're still providing a good and perfect gift. The thing that I've learned is that the only difference between a good man and a bad man running down the road is why he's running. If you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to run down the same road, whether you're a crook or not. The thing is why you're running. And if you know why you're on the road, it doesn't matter why the other person on the road. I find a lot of people, and this is very unfortunate, if I could take a little detour here, 
or a side street who refuse to participate in the advancement of themselves because I don't want to be like that person. And again, I get it. There's a lot of crooks on the road of life. But we know why we're on the road. When we walk while we're trying, when we stay true to why we are making it or why we are pursuing, that's what matters. So I get back to my question because it's very touted around this is a God-fearing nation and, and we are one nation under God, and, which, by the way, was not put in our uh, statement of faith, if you will, our anthem, our pledge, until the 1950-some-odd area. We didn't really recite pledges of allegiance before yonder. So there was put there as a moment of pride and memento. But if it is a nation under God, then why is most everything that is toited, that is celebrated, it is given to human ingenuity instead of the creator that embedded the ingenuity in. I'm just curious, since it's a Christian nation. But do not stand here and beat that too hard. I want to get back to this reality. He said, listen, I want you to bring these numbers down because I need the world to know who's really in charge around here. And then the second aspect, he said, now I'm going to tell you how you're going to bring it down because it's the first problem is the ego. The second problem is discernment. When you're not properly discerning who is and does not need to be around you. Some of us are talking to folks we should have got rid of years ago. Some of us are dealing with people. You ever talk to somebody and every time you get off the phone with him, you want to go slap yourself? You might know one or two people to make you want to go take a bath after you finish talking to them. We go to Bible study groups and Sunday school groups and all sorts of groups, and you go in there and you know every time you walk in, you're going to get mad. But for some reason, you have justified that you are there to do some service. And you, it, I, I, I just come here because I believe the Lord just wants me to tell the truth. I never read anywhere in the Bible where God tell you to go into the wilderness and just sit there and talk to dead things and get beat up by swine. And yet, it is seemingly this badge of honor that we are destined to suffer with folks who've already determined in their mind that they're going to do what they want to do, and it's the opposite of what you believe. So he said, listen, what I'm fit to do here is I'm fit to tell you. 
I'm finna tell you who you need around you and who you don't need around you. But before we get there, let's start with one particular question. Please forgive me for omitting this because this is the first order of of regiment here. This this is the prerequisite. Go down there and ask some people first who was scared. Al Sharpton, Reverend Al Sharpton, excuse me, let me put some respect on his name. Reverend Al would say all the time, if you're scared, say you're scared. A whole lot of folks we are trying to motivate to do something, and the reality of it is they're just scared. And they don't want to do it. One of the hardest pills that I've had to swallow is you know that some folks just going to die. They're going to die poor. They're going to die stupid. And they're going to die miserably. Because there's nothing you can do to somebody who is made up in their mind that they just can't win. There's nothing you can do with somebody who has determined in their bone marrow that they're just too scared to try. You're going to pick your hair out and bust your teeth wide open, banging against a nice porcelain wall that cost you a lot of money to put in and even more to replace. Trying to deal with folks that is in the 20,000 and only reason why they are responding the way they are, the only reason why they are doing what they're doing is because it is a sign that they are supposed to be excluded from your world. Stop holding on to folks God trying to get rid of. I had to learn that lesson the hard way. Stop holding on to folk God. Stop calling folk. God don't want them to answer the phone. They ain't texting because they're busy. They're texting because they ain't supposed to be talking to you no more. Lose their number. We went to go see somebody. I did. And the person had the biggest attitude on the other. And I came out, I just walked right out, and I said, you know what? I see now. Some folks just don't want to be around you anymore. Let them go. Go on and live your life, Mr. Gideon. I got stuff for you. But see, them other folks have too much baggage. They have too much problems. And in order for you to succeed, you have to carry the load of these individuals. Let's not do that, Dave. No, 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 no. There was an article that came out. And you know everybody got a statistic. Somebody said the only true thing about a statistic is that somebody got a statistic. And in that statistic, it made the case of how many individuals in our world are not in the situation because they are scared 
or because they just don't want to try or because they don't have the tools. All of that is a combination. But they're in the situation because some folks just weren't given what it was required to move forward. Some people are blind. And you ask why they can't see. I ask that question a lot of times. Why they can't see it? Because they're not supposed to. Everybody's not meant to be rich. Everybody's not meant to be the CEO. Everybody's not meant to be the president, the governor, the mayor, or the council person. Many are called, but only a few have the gift. So don't get angry because God's got to remove some folk. I know you like them. I just want to hang out here a little bit because that's probably the hardest part of this whole process is realizing that you have to go through your phone book and, and scratch out some numbers. It's better to just pull out the page and throw it away because if you scratch it, you might not scratch it hard enough and then you can still read it and you, you might have the, the urge to go back and pick it up tomorrow. So just scratch it. Uh, it's, getting a little, it's getting a little cool outside, so use it for some little fire kindling. But I'm going to move on. Because we get down into the nitty-gritty of this. After he finds the people, he says, I'm going to deliver you with these 300 folks. Now, that's crazy. You got 300 folks going up against a whole battalion, a massive army of people. You are 20 to 1 in your political campaign. 20 to 1 in your educational pursuits. And you expect me to win? He said, okay. Not only am I going to let you do it, but here's what I do. Because I know you and you scared yourself. So go down there. Go down there and here. Take you and your partner, your servant, your assistant, and y'all go down there and hear what I'm trying to tell you. I have believed with all of my bone marrow, and I have uh, believed this, for some time now because it was a shocking blow when I learned that at least in the church where I came from, they taught us wrong. They taught us not to question God. Oh, you don't have to question God. You you shouldn't question God. Whatever God says you should do, you shouldn't question God. Don't ever question God. Well, here's the thing about that. Not only is that bad Advice, that's bad doctrine. Old Ben Malachi, he said, when a man robbed God, yes, he tithes and offers, he says, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings you have not room enough to receive. But if you don't believe it, try me. 
challenge me. Oh, there was a an article or opportunity, should I say, a story in the Bible where a gentleman was told something, and he says, all right, God, I, I hear you, but I'm going to need you to show me one or two things. I, I need one or two details to happen before I move. There's many of occasions where God was tested, where God was challenged. But he said, go down and see. And then that led me, and I don't have time to deal, but I thought I've been very, very conflicted in in how to approach today's conversation, this moment of therapy. I tell folks all the time, I come to church for therapy. Father, forgive them, for we all need therapy. And I was conflicted because when I read and got here, my thoughts jumped. It jumped over into the Hebrews, the 11th installment of that book, where it says, now faith is something, things hold for the other things, I think. But then it goes down in there. If you have some opportunities, please uh, read it. It goes down, and it gives examples of faith. By faith, you have a man who started walking with God until he walked away. The moral of the story, without spending our time going through all of these details, is the whole chapter 11 is full of examples of human impossibilities. And it made me wonder, why come to church and why worship a God who you cannot believe can do the impossible? Why suffer trying to build on your own? I'm struggling. I'm struggling because Mama Bell is a little thing that is is coming up. I, I I'm already uh, engaged, but this thing is coming up, and I already know because I met the people. I already know that it's a bullseye, and so I had to ask myself. When I'm going, or why should I go? Why am I going to work? Are these the 20,000 that I should not pay attention to? Oh, that goes against your whole religion, your whole message that that nobody should be ignored. I get that. I get that. But may I also remind you, that in the fact of not ignoring people, there's also those who've already made up in their mind that you are already dismissed. And so what's the point in trying to not ignore people who've already determined that they want you ignored? So you go 
and you reach the people. I asked myself, and I was sitting there, and I was kind of writing my little piece for this event that I'm probably not going to attend because I'm overbooked. I got other things to do. But I was sitting there, and I was writing, or I was communicating in my head, and I said, I said, you know, I know that you want me to get up here and introduce myself with my name and where I'm from and all that good stuff, but if you'd allow me to do that last, I have a reason. Because the reality of it is I have something to say. But the truth of the matter is you don't care about what I have to say because you don't know my name. And that is the way our cultures have been built. There are a whole lot of people in this world who have something to say, but because you don't have a name that's recognized, you are not T.D. Jakes. You are not Joel Osteen. You are not David Jeremiah. You are not Charles Blake. You are not Chuck Swindoll. Because the people don't know your name. And I thought about in that that time of discussion, if I was to take that stage, the question that I would ask is, would you have known I existed if my name was not Eric Deshaun Barrett? Would you have cared about the work that I do if my name was not Eric Deshaun Barrett? Would you have sought out? to see what I can offer if my name was not Eric Deshaun Barrett. And that's when I realized everybody is chasing for the opportunity to say that we built this and we created this and there's a whole community of folks that's just sitting out there untapped. Now, why does that and this text have a lot in common? Well, I'm of the conviction that this text today is used to somewhat stand as a metaphor, a metaphor of what I believe the Lord wants to do in our cities. I believe that we have come to a place where there are people who are desperate to be heard. There are people who are desperate for opportunity. And if we do not start paying attention to the least of God's children, there was churches that once upon a time, you know you've been there. You go downtown and you look at all of these fine establishments. Look at them through a picture in a library because they ain't fine anymore. Churches that was built on the high saluted, 
that was built on the pompous and the pious, the sedate and sedity, only to now find holes and cracks and threatening of falling to the ground. St. John AME, I give it five years and it'll fall to the ground. Jerusalem on Tidewater Drive, I give it three years and it'll fall to the ground. First Baptist Butte Street, they might got 10 in their current condition before that falls to the ground. Because we built ourselves on what we could do and not on what the creator could do through us. And so I look at the world now and Again, I'm in therapy now, so please just give me this moment. We're going to get out early, I promise, but we'll get out on time. I look at what's going on in our world. I look at what society and what the sophisticated is getting us. I went to a meeting on Monday. And somebody got up, and I'm not going to mention names, but I just need you to know the severity. Someone got up, and they mentioned that uh, I got a plan for solving the lack of police in our city. My ears perk because I'm interested in hearing this because I know I ain't got a plan. It's pretty hard to do that. Very, very. You, you, what you're trying to tell me is that you have a way to convince people to do something they've already said they don't want to do. Now, all of us got, I take that back. Some of us got plans, but you told me, which this is what made my ears perk, Mama Bell, because you told me you got something that's going to work. All right. Let's hear it. He got up, this person, and they made the statement. They said, well, what I tell the young boys is that if you put on the uniform, all the girls will get happy. So basically, you can get a good girlfriend just by being a police officer. And I heard it, and the people started laughing. And I sat there and seemingly wanted to cry. Because I heard it and I went, and this is funny? And then my response was, because maybe it was crazy. Sometimes I'm crazy and I think uh, I hear something that I didn't hear. So I went and, and, and made a response. And the gentleman doubled down on it, which let me know that I wasn't crazy in what I heard. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because the reason why I believe, if you go back and read Judges, not only reading Judges, but reading Jeremiah, reading Isaiah and other prophets, that seemingly have, or should I say, that do have uh, 
opportunities that connect to this. That is when I realize that if God didn't build this city, we would work and we would labor in vain. That is when I realized that it is up to us to listen to the voice of God, not to the voice of society, not to the voice of people. That's when I realized that God had given us a mission. And I came back to this text and I read, remember, Brother Eric? Remember when you, now two years ago, when you sat down that January and you talked to those preachers and you told them that there was going to come a time when we needed to focus on how to operate virtually and they laughed at you and they told you that was stupid. And not 30 days later, we was in COVID. Did you not believe God then? God sent warnings then. God is sending warnings now. And our warning is good. That good change is coming. That good and better opportunity is coming, that people are going to come to see who God is, but what it's going to take is a small group of folks who can pray without ceasing, a small group of folks who can believe in the impossible, and a small group of folks who are going to go if only on blind faith to know that God can do anything. I sat there, and I'm closing. I'm getting out of your hair. I sat there in that same spot last evening, and I did something, excuse me, as I got me a drink, that I don't think I've really ever done before. I come to the conclusion last night that I have been talking at God. I think sometimes in prayer, it's great to talk at him. But sometimes it's a little bit difficult to talk to him. Personally, a person like me, that's even more difficult because expressing my feelings is not something I do very well. If something bothers me, I tend to just sit in a hole and just shut my mouth. But I begin to express, and as I begin to express, I started to see. You remember, Eric, when you were having all these dreams? You was out there delivering newspapers, and I was giving you all these ideas, and you was crying then. You said to me, you said, either you come help me or you was going to die. And I believe I came to help you, did I? I took you downtown. 
I took you into the council's chamber. I introduced you to people all over the world. I introduced you to folks that you don't even know existed, and some of them you don't even know where they are now. I allowed you to do things without a college degree that many folks with it are still trying to figure out. But I allowed you to do it, didn't I? I took you, gave you a wife, took you over into the richest neighborhood in Norfolk and settled you there. And at 38 years old, you are set till you die. I did that. Now, I got one question for you, Brother Eric. If you look at all the things that I did to combat what I needed, don't you think I can't do this one last thing for you? If I took you off the streets delivering newspapers, and put you in the mayor's office, don't you think I can't do this too? But the things that you're going to understand, you couldn't did that. You can't do this. I say that to you this morning because that's my troubles. But in yours, as my dear granny will come to pray for us, you have things in your life that you are stuck in. You might be stuck in a dead-end job. You might be stuck with medical problems. You might have various issues that's holding you down. I don't really know what, or I do know something, but I ain't going to talk like that. I don't know which one is bothering you the most is what I'm going to say. We're a little small sect here. We, we, we kind of know each other's business, at least some of us. But just like me, you are in a position where you can get the impossible done. God can rebuild houses for no money. He can rebuild eyes. He can do that. Or if you don't rebuild them, he can teach you and make sure that you can function properly without it. God has everything you need because the reality of it is you ain't going to die tomorrow because you got something else to do. So if my granny comes to pray for us, I pray that you find that thing, that you find that moment. Each and every one of us is in our Gideon. Some of us are blind. That's our 300 people. Some of us can't walk. That's our 300 people. Some of us are financially strapped. That's our 300 people. Some of us can't find a good job. That's our 300 people. We all can sit here like Gideon. And we can believe. And then soon and very soon, as the old folk would say, they'll come up to you. They're going to come up to all of us one day. And they're going to ask, they say, you know what? I just wonder, 
I, this might sound a little nosy, but I'm wondering, if I can, can you tell me how you got over? I just want to know how did you get my soul wonders how you got over. I'm not saying that's my prayer. I'm saying that's my prediction for each and every one of us. They're going to ask it. But do you believe that you will get over? Do you believe that you can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or think? If you're struggling there, my dear grandmother will pray for us. Most holy and all wise fathers, we come this morning, we come to say thank you. We thank you, merciful Father, for all things. We thank you, God, we can trust you in every situation. God, you told us to lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you. You told us to put our trust in you. You told us to believe. Help us our unbelief. Help us to believe that all things is possible with you. Help us, O oh God, to look to you from whence cometh our health and strength. Help us to rely on you because you are the author and the finish of our salvation. Help us, O oh God, to put our trust in you, knowing that you can work out every situation. There is nothing that you can't fix. There is nothing that you are not able to do. And merciful Father, help us to believe this morning. Help us, Lord God. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, we are looking to you this morning, trusting and obeying your word. God, you say, if my people that's called by my name would humble themselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways, not somebody else's, but our wicked ways, that you will heal this land. You will heal us, God. Help us, oh God, this morning just to trust you. We just thank you. Oh God, we asking you to help us as we reread this scripture, knowing that Gideon was your servant. And just like you did for Gideon, you will do it for us. And we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning. We magnify your name. Look upon every listening ear. Oh, God, as they heard this word, help them to search ourselves, God, that we might see and know that you are a loving father, a true father that cares for each one of us. We just thank you this morning. We praise you. We magnify you. And, God, we're going to give you the glory, not ourselves, but we know it's you that's doing what is being done. And we give you all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen and amen. Have a great, great. Thank you, Jesus.